Welcome everybody to another episode of No Driving Gloves. It's going to be a drastically different episode today uh, with the busy schedules that all of us lead in that. I think we've come to the conclusion that if we want to keep this regular production schedule, we've got to be a little bit flexible, see what happens, and uh, I guess I'll be training the guys because today's going to be a solo show just by me. Uh, Will's had some personal things come up. Derek's had a extremely busy with his job schedule. We had started to promise you we need to get regular episodes, get 2018 back on track. We've noticed a lot more uptick in the social media, people watching us on Facebook, commenting, liking, following us, uh, Instagram, I'm still working on getting better, and the website's being reworked right now, so please live with a lousy website, and I don't think any, but I'm going to be getting on that. Like I said, just everything's falling, kind of falling into place, but also comes tumbling down every now and then. So you're going to have to listen to me bore you about a few little things. Uh, I never wanted to do a solo show. I'm not good with a solo show. So I just quickly uh, hopped on Jalopnik over the last couple days and a few other things. For some reason, my MSN.com and Facebook linked me a lot to Jalopnik stories. Uh, some people enjoy Jalopnik. Some people go, uh, they're lousy and I'm kind of indifferent. It depends on the story. But the first one I'm going to touch on today, I guess, was released, uh, must have been on the 17th, around 2.30, where they're talking about the Domino's franchise, franchisee, excuse me, Domino's franchisees threatens a YouTuber who restored one of the cool DXP pizza cars. I guess he purchased this car, I guess one of these DXPs were damaged in an accident, and it was written off as a total, and the Domino's franchisee that owned the car... Went ahead, took the insurance money, assuming the car would be crushed, which I guess a lot of us kind of assume happens to our cars when they're totaled. Uh, insurance company writes them off, writes us a check, and we never have to worry about it. The cargo gets crushed and gets made into new cars and golf clubs and aluminum cans and whatever else. Well, actually, these cars all get moved to auction sites. And these auction sites, uh, Copart's a big one, and that's where this DXP car ended up. And, well, if you don't know what a DXP is, it's a really basically like a Chevy Aveo or something where they take out the rear door or to the back seat and they put a warming oven in it so that when Domino's is bringing your pizza in select markets, the pizzas will stay warmer, I guess, longer deli- delivery times, etc. But whatever. These are kind of cool little cars, unique, and, of course, anything unique in car culture we always want to have. Well, this... Gentleman Sam Sam Crack S A M C R A C is a YouTuber, and he uh, purchased one of these at uh, a Copart auction. This one that had been uh, totaled and insurance write off, and it, he legally purchased it. I think for around five or six hundred bucks at Copart. I don't know what the damage was. I haven't watched any of his videos. I guess the guy could be a real you know winner. <laughs> Could be a real winner. I don't know. He purchased the car, restored it to the proper Domino's livery, all the colors, the insignias, and put it on his YouTube channel. All of a sudden, he's in trouble with Domino's, etc., for copyright infringement, trademark infringement, by having this car. Uh, I can kind of side with Domino's on that a little bit, in that Domino's, and by federal tra- trademark laws, they kind of have to protect their trademark. If they don't protect their trademark and they allow people to just haphazardly use it, they would lo- lose the rights to their trademark. And then we all could have our own blue and orange and white cars with Domino's pizza on them. 
they've they've approached him and told him he needed to basically dispose of the car, sell the car back. Well, actually, they told him he needed to give the car back. Well, he's legally purchased the car. He owns the car. I don't think they can make him legally give the car back. He admits in the article that I read that he, uh, Sam, who he um, won't give his last name, admits he's not very up on legalese and has had to fi- hire an attorney to discuss this and figure out what's at limits and what can be, what can't be done. And why do I bring this up on the show? I mean, it's a Domino's car. Uh, he purchased it. Domino said it should have never been available to the public. I'm thinking Domino's corporate probably feels that the franchisee that had owned the car or operated the car should have turned it back to Domino's rather than the insurance company, etc. Or the Domino's should have bought it from the insurance company. However, they think it should be because these cars are custom built by Domino's for their franchisees, the way I understand it. However, this all shakes out. I do believe Sam's kind of wrong here because he has a monetized YouTube channel. He has a monetized where the video where he shows him restoring this car and discussing this car, multiple videos. I believe those are also monetized. YouTube has sent him a trademark infringement warning because Domino's reported him to reported him to you know YouTube as a trademark infringement. Sam felt he was okay in this because Domino's never pursued the trademark infringement. Uh, or not Domino's, I mean YouTube. They didn't drop his video, so he felt, since YouTube determined it wasn't a trademark issue, he wasn't going to do anything. Well, since he is monetizing the channels and that, I believe he's best to you know turn off monetization on especially the DXP car videos. Uh, he is making money off somebody else's trademark that way, etc., However, I kind of side with Domino's in that because his YouTube channel is gaining viewers and is growing because of the DXP. And now, especially with these news stories, here I'm talking about it, Jalopnik's talking about it, other places are talking about it. But neither here nor there, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not here to say he's right or wrong, Domino's is right or wrong. But what this kind of brings into light, and I've been experiencing recently in restoration, and I've seen it in the past, uh, you know, presently where I'm at, uh, commercial shops in the past, is logos and trademarks and that being enforced by, say, manufacturers. Uh, Ferrari's well known for the how they protect the prancing horse and the Ferrari badge, etc. throughout the years. You know, you can't list a kit car on eBay that resembles a Ferrari as a Ferrari or a Ferrari lookalike, they'll go jump right down your throat. Your listing will get pulled. Rightfully sold, or excuse me, rightfully so. Uh, I think they maybe need to get a little bit tighter with some of these racing sim stuff because you can't tell the difference on some of that. But Ferrari is very protective of its trademark and licensing. And I know people with replica Ferraris that are built with real Ferraris over the years. And, you know, we know where the originals are, but they built a clone to race or to use and so they don't have to use the real car. And everybody's a little bit paranoid, especially about putting that car in Italy uh, because Ferrari's known to be so aggressive at their trademark protection that if a car goes into Italy that they don't like that has a prancing horse on it, it gets confiscated. And I, I don't know what really happens and what the where things go from there. But it's obviously a rough situation if you own a you know multi hundred thousand dollar Ferrari replica and it's Ferrari badged and Ferrari has a problem with it and 
you know, they somehow seize the car. I'm going to say your kit car Fiero that has a Ferrari 308 body kit on it or a Ferrari 328 body kit on it. Nah, that's a different story. It's still, you've got to be careful of that. As of recent, I've heard stories of, say, Harley Davidson going after people reproducing graph Harley Davidson graphics. And I'm not talking current stuff. I'm talking for the restoration industry that if you're restoring a 48 Harley and you want to get proper logos and decals and patent decals and stuff, Harley's been asking people to, or the people producing the decals, they're sending cease and desists and saying, you can't do this. But it's not, it's pr- trademark protection, but I think they're losing focus on the restoration industry and the restoration hobby. If the proper decals aren't out there, how are these bikes to be celebrated? How are they to be enjoyed if they can't be displayed the way they should be? I mean, do we go get block letters and or do we, you know, have our significant others or even ourselves get on our crickets or our silhouettes and do some fancy script that says Harley Davidson so it doesn't resemble it and start putting it on these, you know, 26 Harleys, 48 Harleys, whatever they are. And I know Honda and Yamaha, all of them are protective, but a lot of them license. You've got to, yeah, but Harley Davidson doesn't seem to be interested in licensing that stuff. Ferrari isn't licensed, in, interested in licensing that stuff, even for the restoration industry. And I think that's where it hurts. And that's why I kind of bring up this Domino's thing is, okay, this guy's in trouble for a 2017 Domino's pizza car or 2016, whatever, whatever year these were made. I think the thing to look at in that is how many 1983 or 84 Ford Escorts are out there painted up in Domino's livery. If you remember, years ago, Domino's used to provide the cars to their drivers, and their drivers would, you know, use Domino's company cars that were all painted up. And then, you know, by the time I became a Domino's driver in the early 90s, we were using our own cars, and they didn't care. And we did have a rule, you if you had a convertible, you couldn't have the top down, things like that. There are Ford Escorts running around at car shows, painted up, look like Domino's cars. Are they going to go after those cars next? You know, and if they're not going after those cars, and these cars have been shown and they're on YouTube, is Domino's only upset because they've got one of their recent delivery cars out there? There's, you know, a precedent set, and things have to be looked at that way. And this falls back to, is I'm restoring, say, a lotus race car transporter from 1969 and i want to do it all all up in the lotus livery or if you've got don perdome's you know whatever transporter and you want to paint it up to look like that with all the sponsor decals and stuff or you've got dale earnhardt's 1998 chevrolet lumina race car are you allowed to present it with good rich decals and show it that way and market the car that way and potentially get paid for public um, appearances if it says good rich down the side of the car you know there's a whole bag of worms and you know that's why this lawsuit and that's why these little lawsuits you kind of have to pay attention to and watch and see what's going on figure out do i want to ignore this and just live with it or should we respond a little bit i don't think this guy with the domino's car like i said he's monetizing it and that's probably the gray area surprisingly you know what 
he's got two of these cars. He bought a second one that was totaled at a Copart auction also. So Domino's is letting these cars get out. Are they just upset because of the trademark? Are they upset that the cars are out? There has to be a happy medium that this guy can work out. He offered to do some uh, charity work. You know, let's, hey, let's, on my YouTube channels, we'll use the car and we'll donate 80 pizzas to some charity and deliver them in the car and our 60 pizzas because that's the maximum that the car's supposed to be able to hold. And supposedly one of the offers he did receive from uh, the franchisee that wants him to give up the car was, okay, we'll deliver 60 pizzas, we'll put it on your YouTube channel, and then afterwards you turn the car over to us. So, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll do the charity thing and you get a little publicity, but you've got to give back this car. And keep in mind, he bought the car totaled. He bought it for $600. I don't know what shape it was in, but he spent the money to put it back together and have this unique car and he bought it because it was unique dominoes has said just put the standard car door on the back and make it an whatever it is an aveo or a spark or i can't remember i think it might be a spark but then that takes away the collectability of the car uh, i think general motors ev1s but that's kind of my little tirade about the, the logo and the trademark i think it's uh, something we should look up and watch i'm not saying go to sam's channel and you know, check out the article on Jalopnik. It was on there on 3.17, around 2 in the afternoon. And then the, we'll jump into, not to make this just a 15-minute episode, another one of my little tirades and things, that something I've been saying for years, and every time I say it, especially on a Mopar forum, I get lambasted. Oh, this isn't happening. This is in the pipeline. This is in the pipeline. This is in the pipeline. And that's what I feel is Fiat's, game plan with Fiat Chrysler America. And I've said for years, and it's risky, and I will say this is my own opinion. I have nothing solid to back it up other than what I read and see. And that's over the years, you know, probably over the next decade, we're going to see Dodge go away, and we're going to see Chrysler go away, and you'll see Alpha replace the Dodge nameplate in this country. You'll see Maserati replace Chrysler. Um, I believe Fiat is the replacement for the Plymouth brand that has been dead for a few years, granted prior to FCA's acquisition, but that slots in there. So you have your low, middle, high. I believe Jeep will remain. I believe that's why Ram was spun off into its own brand, is so that they could go ahead and kill the Dodge car nameplate. Points me to this theory is that Dodge cars have no development. There's nothing in the pipeline. It takes two years at best, usually four years, to to go from artist concept to new product on the market. And Dodge has nothing in the pipeline. The newest car they had in their um, lineup was a now discontinued Dodge Dart. And that was still off an antiquated Fiat platform. Uh, It was introduced in 2013, went away for 2016. Um, basically just a kind of a four-door Fiat 500 type deal, same power plant and that. From what I understand out of the Dart, I used to be a huge Mopar fan. I've owned many of them. I'm looking out at uh, my backyard right now from my studio, looking at my 62 Chrysler. Um, you know, there's a lot of Chryslers and Dodges in my past. I've owned many of them. I had an 05, you know, recently I've had an 05 Dakota new. I've had an 08 Ram new. I've had two Fiat 500s. You know, that's in the last 
uh, well, since 05 or 06, I bought the Dakota, whatever. But, you know, in the last 10 years, there's four out of, I don't know, the eight or 10 cars I've had in the last 10 years. I think it's a, you know, okay lineup. The, the uh, service is uh, sucky, but uh, that's probably for another episode for me to go about the dealer service centers and that. But if we look at the Dodge lineup from FCA, when Fiat bought Chrysler, they got billions of dollars, if I understand. And I think they got like $9 billion in cash. That's what uh, Chrysler had. And Fiat burned that. They spent that. Developing the new Julia, developing new Fiat badged or Alfa Romeo badged stuff. You know, they've introduced the Maserati Ghibli at a very high end SRT8 Chrysler 300 price level. And, you know, Chrysler otherwise kind of duplicates Dodge, but Chrysler is always supposed to be that step above Dodge. And that's what Maserati is to Alfa Romeo. I mean, if you do the, was it Sloan, the General Motors that had the, you buy a Chevrolet and then you progress to a Buick or a Pontiac and you go for, I think it was Pontiac, then Buick, and then you get into an Oldsmobile and then you buy a Cadillac. You build your way up to get to that Cadillac. And that's the same thing. It used to be Plymouth Dodge Chrysler. And then it's, you know, with Fiat, it's Fiat Alpha Maserati now. You really get funny and go from Maserati to Ferrari. Yes, I understand Ferrari's been spun off from Fiat. But it, it's just a funny thing that Fiat has some new product offerings, but there's nothing in the Dodge lineup. Nothing After the Dart, some people will say the 2011 redesign of the Charger, oh, that was a redesign. To me, it isn't. It's a, they, it, it was a mid-cycle refresh. They changed the headlights, they changed the front end, they changed some uh, the tail lights, they tweaked the suspension a little bit, but it's the same basic chassis. It's the same basic motors. Yeah, okay, we've got an 8-speed or a 10-speed transmission now, and we've got different motors in the lineups, but the motors changed or were updated, but mainly out of EPA requirements, not because Fiat had to do it. Other than that, I think we go back to, I think, the Caravan and its if it's still sold, is in its basic same guise as 2008. The Challenger was introduced in 2008. The Pacific is new, so I guess we can give them that. But that's just a fiat platform that, again, has existed for many years. So where is this investment? Uh, what do we have for Chrysler? Right now I'm sitting here trying to think, oh, well, we've got the Sebring, okay, or do we still? I couldn't even tell you. We have the 300. That seems to be about the only thing there. Um, and that's leftover architecture also. You can say the 2011 refresh actually introduced in 2008. But that was like a 2000 Mercedes uh, C-Class. or It's a Mercedes platform that's darn near 20 years old that that car is built off of. And, and same with the Charger. Now I'm just kind of doing my little off-the-cuff predicting... Over the next decade, we'll probably see, unless something happens, uh, Dodge and Chrysler nameplates fade away and be taken over by, uh, again, the Alpha, Fiat, and Maserati. Uh, it's kind of upsetting to me. It's kind of odd how it's kind of slipped in that way and just happened. You know, Fiat's tossed around recently. Oh, we're going to, you know, we're going to merge with Toyota. We're going to merge with General Motors. And both Toyota and General Motors responds with, what are you talking about? We're not merging. We're not going to join Fiat. Well, if you look at them, both um, Toyota and General Motors, they have the largest amounts of cash in the bank. Fiat knows how to blow through cash. 
and that's what they're they're doing. They're looking for more cash to go through to develop cars and develop what cars I don't know. Uh, and of course, if we do merge with General Motors or Fiat merges with General Motors or FCA does, is General Motors really going to want to keep those nameplates? No, they're going to want to keep their nameplates. I'm sorry, but I kind of see the end is near for these unless we see some excitement. But uh, the article that I read, again, it was a Jalopnik article, and somebody kind of outlined all these little numbers and dates that I told you, and that's what I'm going off of on my dates. But my beliefs are the same, and they've held that way for a couple of years now. And it's nice to kind of see a little bit of press that somebody's going hey, this is happening, and of course he gets the same people lambasting him that, oh, you know, this is what's, you know, if you want the nicest S-Class in the world but brand new, go buy a Chrysler 300C SRT8. Again, that's the nicest old S-Class, so we've got to really look at some things like that. That if you uh, contact Chrysler or you contact Fiat and say, hey, what's in the pipeline? You haven't introduced anything new. They go, oh, yes, we've introduced new stuff. The Challenger Demon, the Challenger Hellcat, you know, wide body. Uh, wait, these are just new option packages on old cars. Those aren't new cars. I'm trying to, you know, look at the Mustang's been redone two or three times. Well, 07 refresh, the 12 refresh, and now the current car. So in, in the t 10 years, the Mustang's been, or, been around, or in the last 10 years, I guess I'm saying, it's had a new introduction, a refresh, and then a new car. The Camaro came out in, what, 09, 08, somewhere around there? 10, I can't remember. I'm not a huge Camaro guy. And we're already on a complete redesign of it. But the Challenger just keeps plugging along and plugging along. You can make the statement like they did. It was, I think, a commenter to this that the Dodge cars are designed for the older demographic. Well... That's uh, probably an accurate statement, but that older demographic, unfortunately, especially if you're one of our older listeners, you're going to die, and it's going to die off. If you don't have a younger demographic that's excited about the brand, it's going to die. It's going to die off, and isn't that what I just said five minutes ago in this, that they're trying to kill off the brand? That's just you know kind of amazing to me. Again, it's kind of like what I just talked about in the first half. We've got to be proactive. Maybe the media or media needs to start saying, hey, where's the new Dodges? Where's the new Dodges? You've introduced the 500C. You've partnered with Ma our Mazda and introduced a two-seat Roadster, you know, with the, the reintroduction of the 124. Here's the 500C SUV. Here's the new Ghibli. Here's the redesigned Quattroporte. Here's the new uh, Julieta. Where's all the, you know, and all this is since Fiat's re-entered the market in 2012. Now, granted, the Fiat 500 is a 10-year-old car, even in 2012. Since 2012, look at all these new things that have, in six years, you have a revamped Maserati, you have a revamped Alpha, you have a revamped Fiat, all introduced to the country in a rapid fashion, updated models, and we get nothing with our American nameplates built in Mexico and Canada also. I guess I'm saying, listeners, especially if you're a Mopar fan, get on your dealers. Start writing the company. Start pushing the press. Start talking to a podcast like us or any media outfit. Or if you do a YouTube channel, start talking about it. Let's start questioning. Where are the new Dodges? Where are the new Chrysler? Fiat, FCA, let's wake up and give us some cars. Well, that makes for a shortened episode, but it's still 
20 some minutes of me talking, 30 some minutes of me talking, which is probably like a normal episode, except you didn't get the nice breaks between Will and Derek. Hopefully all three of us will be able back, or hopefully all three of us will be able to be back to sit in and join and go through this with you. We'll have another fine, exciting episode of No Driving Gloves in a week. But for now, I'm out of here.